Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. This is Annie from for Showreel today. We're talking uh, Australian film uh, today. We've got a particularly. Uh, perfectly placed interview with Lisa Rose from the Mardi Gras Film Festival. It starts in February, but it, they've just announced 10 of their taster features for people to buy uh, film uh, tickets for next year. But of course, we had a great little conversation about uh, queer films and queer filmmaking and uh, why the uh, Mardi Gras Film Festival is so important for maintenance of uh, that uh, creative arm of Australian filmmaking, uh, but also they uh, showcase films from all around the world. And of course, the vote, the yes vote, 61% of Australians got it right. This was out of 80% of people who actually voted. Uh, every state in Australia got it right, which is fabulous. Uh, the uh, This interview was done a, a day or so before the uh, vote was actually announced, so there's a little bit in there but uh, that uh, shows that it's slightly dated, but uh, neither here nor there, really. Uh, before we go on to that interview, I've got a couple of tickets. This, these aren't, this is an Australian film. Uh, I've got a couple of, I've got four double passes. I was a bit mean the last time I gave out some tickets, but I've got four double passes to a thing called Breathe. Now, Breathe opened the uh, recent British Film Festival. It uh, stars Andrew Garfield and Claire Foy. It's got Hugh Bonnefield. It's got Tom Hollander in it. And it is based on an inspirational true story uh, and uh, is called a tour de force performance from all the different people who are involved in it. And as I said, if it's uh, opened the British Film Festival, then it's probably a top-notch film. So give us a call on 94198377 and see if you can get uh, the tickets. It opens on December the 26th, so it's got a great lead-up time and uh, it's good for the summer season. Anyway, let's get on with uh, talking to Lisa Rose, who was a really nice person. Now, it's a a fairly significant uh, year, isn't it, for uh, the Mardi Gras Film Festival? It is. It's our 25th year. 25th, as well as the uh, 40th anniversary of uh, Mardi Gras itself, as well as the uh, vote on um, equal rights in marriage. Indeed. It's sort of like a triple storm of events that are all coming together at the same time. And so it's going to be a very large festival, Um, not only the film festival, but just in general, the Mardi Gras season, I think, will be uh, one of the biggest yet. Um, coming up in February. 
So it is actually a, a really incredibly important period of history for uh, Mardi Gras, for people of LBTG and all the other letters. But tell me, um, it's 25 years, but the Mardi Gras has been going on for 40. When did it happen that uh, Mardi Gras Film Festival uh, made its... Uh, why did it happen? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Mardi Gras began in 1978 with the, the protests and um, riots that happened and it um, turned into a big, you know, celebration of uh, LGBTIQ rights. And there's been film events associated with Mardi Gras since the very first Mardi Gras parade in 1978. Um, but the Mardi Gras Film Festival, as it is currently known and as it has now it exists, that's been around for 25 years and it was started by a group of queer filmmakers in 1993 um, in Sydney and uh, we called the company Queer Screen. And so we're now coming up to our 25th um, festival and we, have, for the last 25 years, one of the things we've been doing is we've been running a short film competition for Australian um, queer filmmakers or filmmakers making queer short films and it's the largest short film competition for LGBTIQ film in Australia and uh, we'll be celebrating the 25th year of that and we're also going to be having a retrospective screening um, gala event of some of the best films that we've had over the years as well. You know, it's interesting, isn't it, because you've uh, been able to bring a historical con context to this by quite a fabulous film, Witches and Faggots, Dykes and Poofters. Yes, which we have to be incredibly thankful to the National Film and Sand Archive for their um, restore project that they do. So they've only just started to add documentaries to the um, NFSA Restores program, um, and this is one of the first documentaries that they're restoring digitally. So, yeah, it's very exciting because that film was made in 1980 and I actually had never seen it before. Um, I'm 40 and I, you know, I seventy-seven, the year before the first Mardi Gras and that film was made in 1979, 1980 and it, yeah, so Witches, Fagots, Fulton and Zyke is um, a yeah, film by Digby Duncan and it covers the first Mardi Gras parade and, um, and what sort of happened around 1978, 79 and, and all the protests and everything that was happening and all the police action and the arrests and everything like that and it's just essential viewing. Like, it's actually, when I watched it, I, I watched it thinking this should be in schools. People should be learning about this history because it just, you know, there every year during the Mardi Gras parade, the 78ers come out first in the parade and, and they're in the big bus and everything. And I think there's, you know, so many people, we you know, we need to thank them for what they did because uh, there's no way we would be having, uh, you know, the announcement of the marriage equality vote. Um, we, no way we would even be entertaining that type of thing if it wasn't for things that our forebearers did. Yeah, it's incredible level of struggle, isn't it? Uh, mm. I mean, I know that people can put a, a, a good face on it, and as you say, it's a celebration. But that is incredibly generous of the LGBTI community, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting because um, we have a smaller festival that's been around for five years. We just had our fifth rendition in September. It's called Queer Screen Film Fest. And during the programming of that festival and trying to put that festival on sale and get interest in it, it was incredibly hard for us to do because our community was so full of everything we were trying to do to fight for marriage equality and during this whole postal survey um, campaign. And I was kind of insulated from it because of that, that I was trying to create this really celebratory sort of fun thing where the community could come together and see themselves on screen. And then I, you know, I wouldn't go on social media for like the whole day or so because I was so busy. And then I would go on there and I would just 
see what horrible things were being said by people and just the visceral and the, and the very not polite debate that has been um, happening in Australia in the last few months. And so it, it, it is. like there, I know so many friends and colleagues and people in the community who are having a rather horrible time at the moment. And so I hope that tomorrow we can um, have a good result and then it can inevitably bring on uh, marriage quality and come Mardi Gras we can have a great celebration. Yeah, so it's 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 terribly important all this stuff. Uh, uh, I mean, it's about equality. It's not. It's just uh, basic citizens' rights, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's go back to the films. Um, mm-hmm. You've just uh, announced uh, ten tasters, basically, because yes. uh, and and you've said to people that they can buy tickets to these uh, do- these uh, their features, aren't they? Yeah, so there's a few documentaries and there's a few narrative features and there's, um, yeah, yeah, and they they we basically there are ten teaser films and they're on sale at quizgreen.org.au now and then we'll be announcing the full program um, come the January the tenth and so our program will probably have seventy sessions um, or seventy slots across the the fifteen days that we run. Oh, how impressive um, so is February that? 15, <laughs> A lot of work. Yeah, I'm just you? watching a film on my laptop just then. <laughs> just <before laughs> called. I'm still, uh, I'm still finalising the program, which hopefully will be done in the next few weeks. Uh, and there's some fantastic films there. But the films that have gone on sale now, there's a couple of really good ones. Um, there's a fantastic film called Saturday Church, uh, which is an American film about a um, teenage um, teenage boy called Ulysses, who uh, is, has a religious mother, who, or sorry, a religious aunt, who comes and looks after him. And um, is t- he likes to, you know, wear red pumps and put on, put on ladies' collars sometimes. And she catches him, and he uh, has to um, sort of run away. And he he finds. Um, he finds shelter with a bunch of um, trans people down at uh, down in New York, and uh, goes to a thing called Saturday Church, which is actually inspired by a real thing that happens um, in New York. And it's just a beautiful film. It's been playing uh, a lot of queer festivals all over um, the world, and has been picking up a slew of awards, and even playing some mainstream festivals like Tribeca, which is one of the biggest film festivals in the world, where it got runner-up in the audience award. So that's one film. And another great one we're playing is Jade of Death, which is an Australian uh, web series. We're playing the entire first season um, of that web series. It's actually a film that was a recipient of our Queer Screen Completion Fund, which is um, a funding arm that we have for uh, Australian um, features and web series. And it's just a fantastic film. that just also won a heap of awards at a, a web um, television awards program in, uh, in LA. And it's just about a... A young woman who can sort of hear when people are going to die. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, and it's just sort of a supernatural kind of thriller, but it's also very sexy. Um, so I can highly recommend that. And there's also Beach Rats, um, which is a fantastic film that won an award at Sundance earlier this year. And it's just a, a film about a young guy who, um, in Brooklyn, uh, who is uh, trawling the internet for hookups with guys at night, but um, to all of his macho friends, he's very, very straight. And so it's just this really sort of lyrical, um, quite uh, quite interesting take on sort of homoeroticism and, you know, what people do to hide themselves. Uh, and it's in the, yeah, I think it's an incredibly well-done film. I'm Tommy Murphy, screenwriter for Holding the Man. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. 
You are, you're listening to Showreel with Annie. Uh, we've still got a few tickets, double tickets to go and see Breathe, 94198377 if you're interested. Uh, otherwise, we'll just continue talking to Lisa Rose, who is the uh, director of the Mardi Gras Film Festival. Uh, she's a very interesting person. Can we go back to what you were saying about Queer Screen Completion Fund? Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so we started that three years ago. So we, we um, you know, through all the iterations over the last 25 years, we've had various um, levels of uh, finance and um, funding that we've been able to have. And we've been in a pretty good position over the last few years. Um, we've had some growth in attendance and things like that. So in sponsorship. So we've managed to create what is the Queer Screen Completion Fund. Um, the first year it was $10,000. And basically we had an application process for Australian filmmakers who were making um, features or long-form web series to be able to apply for completion funding. So if they were 80% through their production schedule, um, they could apply for funding. Um, and it was 10000 in the first year, then it was 12000 um, last year, and it's up to 15000 this Ooh. year. And we just closed the applications yesterday. Oh, well. So, um, mm. yeah, so How many applications did you get this time round? That's actually an excellent... I actually don't know the answer to that. I know, because um, uh, that's one thing that I don't actually run that. Um, we have one of our... Um, the filmmaker... Um, director on our on our board who actually runs that and it's independently judged by some people outside of Queer Screen every year. Um, and as far as I'm aware, I have, we got about four phone calls in the office yesterday clarifying things about it. So I'm guessing there's going to be at least four or five applications at, at a minimum. Yeah, so, so this is very good because what you guys are doing is actually growing the expressive uh, filmic medium for your community, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like that is that is what Queer Screen is all about, is that, you know, getting queer stories on screen and helping people make those queer stories. Because, I mean, as much as, you know, their you know, marriage equality is inevitable and all these sort of things and that there's more acceptance and Sydney Film Festival, for example, um, every year over the last four or five years has been increasing the queer content that they show. They showed 18 queer films in their festival this year. Um, and I think Melbourne, showed, Melbourne International showed about 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, but it's that thing of, the fact that it's all well and good to have that acceptance in more mainstream festivals and being able to see um, more queer characters on TV and things like that. But there's nothing quite like seeing a queer film with a queer audience. And that's why festivals like ours um, are still so important and so vital. And there's films that would never be played in mainstream festivals that um, are smaller films that people in our community want to connect with. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? The because uh, I mean, really, basically, I, I was actually going to say that uh, if, say, uh, all uh, all people just considered that uh, everybody was actually just part of the uh, general, uh, you know, the people come in all yeah. sizes and shapes and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. sexuality and belief and all that sort of stuff. If, if everything became far less tense around people's sexuality, for example, uh, yeah. and how they express themselves, would you be doing yourself out of a job? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. Um, not in the foreseeable future, absolutely not. Like, there, there is just a ridiculous quantity of queer films that are being, out, being made nowadays. Um, 
you know, we obviously have 70 sessions, um, which, you know, we don't play 70 uh, feature films. We have, a short, we have a bunch of shorts programs and some of our features play more than once. Um, but in terms of our actually, like I have a spreadsheet basically at the moment that has over 200 feature films that are in that spreadsheet that um, I was in the process of watching or have already watched. And these, these are um, LGBTIQ films, that, feature films that have been made over the last year and a half. So there's just there's a ridiculous quantity of them. So while they continue to be made, um, we would definitely still exist. And also while we continue to have a thirst from the community to watch films like this and do them together. I mean, a perfect example is Moonlight, the film that won oh, the, yeah, amazing the film. best film last year. Amazing film. Mm. It came out in the cinemas in January last year, and we uh, also screened it in our festival, and our guide came out in January as well. And we had 18, sorry, not 18, 800, we had 1,800 gay people come and watch that film with us in March, on March the 1st, even though they could have seen it weeks ago when it opened in the cinema in the middle of January. But they people chose to not do that. They chose to wait and watch it with their community. And that type of thing, you just... You just can't pass. Yeah, it's amazing. I was quite taken by one of the films that you you have in your list, one called mm-hmm. They, a non-binary yes. trans art house title from Cannes, and, yes. it, and it tells the story of a 14-year-old who, uh, who... Is it a documentary? Who has been no, on... no, it's a feature. It's a yeah. very poetic and lyrical, um, naturalistic art, art house title, and... Um, it has a really interesting um, subplot about an Iranian family in it as well. Um, and it's it's just about three people who are just trying to find themselves. It's about, um, uh, it's about Jay, who is non-binary and has been on hormone blockers for about a year and a half um, to stop puberty. And it gets to the point where they have to decide whether they're going to transition or what they're going to do. And it's just this sort of weekend that you spend with them as they're trying to work that out. But they also spend that weekend with um, their uh, older sister who's trying to work out what on earth she wants to do with her life and her career as an artist. Um, and um, the sister's partner who is from Iran and he's trying to figure out what he's going to do with his family and how he can go back to Iran and visit his family or how he can get his family there. And It's just a really interesting um interesting film it's probably not for everyone because it is quite arty but um it's it's a fantastic film and it's getting um it's getting lots of rave reviews um overseas yeah well yeah and uh jane campion was uh an executive producer so obviously she was really keen for that exploration to be discussed it's really the thing about the nature of gender really too and cultural identity which are really probing questions aren't they for people uh for all people, and this is why something like your Mardi Gras Film Festival is actually for all people, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's the thing. That's the thing that is is probably changing the most over the last few years, but there's still a ridiculously large amount of way to go. Is just the diversity of story and the diversity of people that um, are being shown in these stories and being shown on screen. You know, for you can I can throw a What's the expression? I can like throw throw something and hit like a thousand films about white cisgender gay men. Um, but to see people of colour, to see uh, trans stories, to see non-binary things, to see um, lesbian stories or people who identify as pansexual and all of these things and asexual even, there's there's so 
so much more diversity, um, people who are differently abled. There's just a ridiculous amount of more diversity that can be explored and should be showcased. And uh, that's something that our festival obviously um, focuses on trying to do as well. Has there been a change? Over, I mean, how, I don't know how long you've been the festival director, but has there been a marked change in the fluidity or the expressiveness of films in this area? Um, I've only, I've only been the festival director, this, is, this will be my first Mardi Gras Film Festival, but I've been, I was on the board of directors for four years prior to that, um, and I was on the programming team as well. So, I mean, yes, there, there has. There's definitely, there's definitely far more films, um, particularly about trans um, trans people. There's a lot more. They, they, there was a lot of, probably a few years ago, there was quite a few um, sort of trans transitioning documentaries that were kind of coming yeah. out. Just it would just be a kind of a personal thing about this is some person who's transitioning and this is what it was like. Right, well, Fifty Two Tuesdays, for example. Yeah, yeah, something like that, but more so a documentary. There was more documentaries being made. And 52 Tuesdays is a bit different because there's not as many um, trans men um, narrative features that are getting made. There's quite a few um, narrative features about trans women um, Mm. that are getting made, and there's a lot that come out of Asia. Um, and there's um, Saturday at Church, for instance, has has a bunch of um, trans women in it, and they're all played by trans actors, which is really great. Um, but I think that thing in particular, that's where we, we're getting a lot more diversity in, in that type of thing, yeah. Is this breaking down the uh, stereotypes? Is it really effectively having an effect on uh, the endless genre films that we've... That maintain basically heterosexual and male dominance effectively. That's what they're there for. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, it is. I mean, but it's that thing of thinking about who the audience is for a film. So, um, I mean, we live in a patriarchal society and it's it's unfortunately... Unfortunately, that's just what, we, <laughs> what we're in. <laughs> it's a bit of a loaded question, really, wasn't it? Is, it? But it but it's... Yeah, but it's that thing, I mean, as long as we, you know, continue to have events like this, we can, you know, and we have people from the top down who want to champion diversity. Um, I mean, because that's the thing. Like, I could, in theory, like, you know, there's that balance between um, making a commercial decision and making a decision about the importance of what, what we're doing and what we're showcasing. And, you know, I could play just a film about, you know, gay, white, cisgender men if I wanted to. And mm. I'd display a hundred of them and, you know, I'd have I'd have people lap it up and want to come and see it, but then I'm ignoring so many other different stories and things. And there's only so many coming out stories you can see and there's only so many lesbian deaths you can watch. And there's only so many, you know, a lesbian hooking up with a straight woman who used to be married. And it's just, I find it fascinating as a film programmer to see the amount of films that get made that um, are falling into cliches and tropes or, you know, are not original. Yeah. Um, it's original stuff. I mean, you know, gay people um, and, you know, queer people, they they just want to see themselves on screen. Like, if you think about television, you can be watching TV as a, as a straight cisgender white person. And if some, you know, if your straight cisgender white character that you like dies you can just change the channel and you've got like a thousand other ones that yeah, you can choose from. Right. But we just we just don't have that as a queer community and, and we don't, you know, people of colour don't have that. And that's, I think that's the thing that we have to try and continue to break barriers down. And it's definitely, I think, making, it's making inroads, but there is a very, very long way to go. 
Yeah, one of the a friend of mine who is transgender, she was saying that uh oh, it's always there's always a tragic end. Everyone's always it's always a tragedy, she says. <laughs> it it's a trans film? Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, that, you know when it's mainstream and that really bothers her. Yeah, that's yeah, if it is mainstream. There is some fantastic um there's an absolutely fantastic trans um woman rom com that won our audience award, I think in two thousand and fifteen. It's on Netflix. It's called Boy Meets Girl mm. and it is um it's not it's like no other film I've ever seen before because it's a trans actress and she's the romantic lead <laughs> in yeah, this rom com. And it's just I was just normal. watching it and we, we had yeah, normal and we had um young trans women come and see that film. We run a, we have an audience award, obviously. And people can like vote out of five. And they were asking for pens and were writing down five thousand because they'd never seen anything. They'd never seen themselves as a romantic lead in a rom com. Oh, fantastic. That's so liberating. That's fantastic. It is. Yeah, it's great. You tell tell people the dates and when and uh, when they can expect to buy more tickets. I can indeed. So we go on sale with a full program on January tenth, and it is at queerscreen.org.au where you can find out all the information and get your tickets. And the festival runs from February the fifteenth to March the first. Thanks very much for talking to me, Lisa. No problem at all. It was my pleasure. Yeah, well, so there you go. And very nice woman, very interesting conversation, very interesting film festival, uh, of course, next year and in Sydney. Uh, uh, we've still got a few tickets left uh, for Breathe, if you're interested, 94198377. You can give us a call and we can uh, put it in an envelope and send it to you. Uh, of course, you've heard the uh, historic vote. Australia got it right. Uh, yes to marriage equality. And uh, one of the uh, themes of the Melbourne uh, Outside uh, State Library event that happened yesterday was uh, We Are the Champions from Queen. They were all, everyone was incredibly happy and it was a great event. Uh, and uh, then it was followed up with uh, celebrations at uh, Trades Hall uh, because uh, there had been a... Uh, a major collaboration between uh, the unions uh, who put their weight behind the yes vote and uh, their resources as well. So that's a great, a great affair. But uh, and as the person who was the MC who was part of the yes vote co- committee, it was be the first party event that they had gone to in a long time where they weren't in charge of putting up marquees and worrying to bits about if everything will work. Anyway, all power to their arm. Uh, so we're going to go out with uh, this. Coming up next is uh, Published or Not. Uh, and uh, as I said, if you want a ticket to Breathe, which was the uh, film that uh, opened up the British Film Festival recently, uh, then give us a call on 94198377. Give us your address and we will send it off to you. I've paid my dues Time after time I've done my sentence But committed no crime And bad mistakes I've made a few I've had my shells and kicked in my bed But I've come through 
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.